0: Welcome to Social Effects, a podcast hosted by myself, Edward Barnier, or as some of you know me, Edward KB. Social Effects dives deep into the world of social media with some of my favourite people who I'm fortunate enough to call friends. The effect of social media has had an undeniable impact on our lives, and these conversations allow us to find out more about the background of some social media's most prolific creatives, their approach to the craft, and what keeps them up at night. In this upcoming episode, we speak with Holly, a London-based creative I originally met over three years ago. What I've always appreciated about Holly is her eye for creativity and combining that with social justice to create some amazing images. I'm here today with Holly Marie Cato, she's an amazing photographer based in London. We're going to talk to her today about street photography in London how she got started, current state of street photography. I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) And the little things relating to both the female and black experience of being a photographer, especially maybe a travel photographer around the world, how you're perceived.
1: Sounds great. Hi.
0: (laughs) If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the photography game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a degree in architecture. I'm not officially an architect. And yeah, that was the plan. I think I wanted to be an architect since I was seven. But I think I always liked photography. It was definitely a hobby. I wasn't any good at it, but I certainly enjoyed it. But it wasn't until, I can't even remember the year now, was it, when was the Tottenham Riots? 2013? Um, 2011. Twenty eleven, yeah, see well. Um, but I kind of finding myself in the middle of that, and I was there before it turned into the riots. I was there when it was still a protest, and it was just by chance. Mm. I was taking backstage photography with a little point and shoot that I didn't even really know how to use. It was the summer. I was back in London from uni, so just one summer and there was a protest happening outside. I was taking pictures inside a theatre, came outside and was like, what's this? I was the only one with a camera, so I started taking pictures. People were happy I was taking pictures because they were like, this is a Document Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was just like locals in the area, and I had heard that guy had been killed by the police, mm. and the family was never informed. I think they said he was armed, he wasn't. And um, it was just the whole injustice of that. So people came out and was protesting and I was taking pictures. And then the protest just grew and grew to the point that it was maybe 30, 50 people. And then it turned into 60, then it turned into 100. And before you knew it, the whole of Tottenham High Road, which is a big, busy road. Mm -hmm. But the part where the police station was, this is in London, North London, got shut down because of people protesting. It turned out that via like social media, that just gained traction and people like come down, come down, like, you know, show support i was unaware and to be honest it was a peaceful protest but the family eventually left come like the evening time the sun had gone down the family and the friends and the people that were protesting actually did leave and another wave of people was there right and they just wasn't using the same approach they yeah because at the end of the day their voices weren't heard right the police didn't even come out of the police station to talk to the family who was grieving the death of their family member. Right. Right. That's not me making an excuse. That's just me saying this is what happened from my eyes yeah. and my knowledge. But it just turned into something else. And I was still taking pictures, but I was... just
0: about I was- to ask, so you not being a photographer and at that time, what motivated you to stay when things got or may have looked like they were about to get violent
1: here's the thing i was still taking pictures inside this event it was like backstage photography of actors getting ready Mm. so i was taking those pictures and then intermittently i would go outside and see what was happening Mm. and then i could see it change and i remember like come nightfall i saw people in like balaclavas and people were creating molotov cocktails Mm. and were like throwing it and they were throwing rocks and they were throwing. and i don't know what got me to stay to be honest in a weird way it was scary but There was like this adrenaline rush yeah can't explain it but it felt like i remember after the whole experience i I think that was the first time where i really felt alive you know
0: right 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 Um,
1: and i just thought this is what i want to do oh a lot of people know what happened but like houses got burnt down shops shops got burnt down even the building that i was in people tried to set fire to it but it didn't light up and people had turned up for the play that was happening and I think 500 people had to get like evacuated by the police. We was getting escorted out a back door eventually and I just wanted to go off hmm. to where the riots was happening, take pictures. And my mum was there and I went in the direction of where the riots was and she just grabbed my arm back wow. and was like, you're crazy, you're coming with us. A lot of the footage, parts of it, you could tell when I was scared because I remember there was a time where like we all got locked into the building and the caretaker had run off with the keys. And I had to climb up the building, but in parts that was having like renovation work. So it was completely black. There was rats around. It was just gross. And I remember getting onto this rooftop space and like hanging off the side of it with my camera, really shaky, taking like footage, but I've just never seen anything like it. Do you still
0: have that footage?
1: I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Somewhere. (laughs) It's been archived, but yeah, it's
0: there. It's funny you should say that because that seems like the first experience of photography that sent you on a certain path. So yes, yeah, so
1: that was the kind of catalyst for me just going, I think this is what I want to do. But even then, I didn't kind of like voice that. I felt it and mm. I knew it. Mm. And then I went back to university and when the year started and I was doing that. Now in hindsight, I think, okay, this was going to happen because I would wake up before sunrise mm-hmm. and I was studying in Leicester and Leicester's quite flat, yeah. but I would just walk in a direction to see what I could find to take pictures from somewhere at sunrise. Mm. And this was not even thinking. About Instagram. This was on a little point and shoot DSLR, like entry level, that I didn't really know how to use. And it was just that passion that was. Growing. Yes. And then afterwards, I did move back to London. Yeah. And even before that, I'd then gone to New York for a month and I'd met people on Instagram. And it was just all this story about this passion and then meeting other people who's also passionate about photography. Mm-hmm. But no one at the time was a photographer. Right. And they were all using their iPhones. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, cool. And I'd recently got an iPhone. It's quite late to the whole like yeah. Instagram game. It was just meeting people who I kind of always felt kind of like nerdier about. It's like it was my own private private little yeah. hobby where you couldn't really talk to other people about it yeah, yeah, because yeah. people are taking selfies on Instagram and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. It's like I instantly found that little nerdy group Yes, where it all made sense.
0: So you found this nerdy group in New York first or in London? Yeah,
1: I shouldn't call them a nerdy group. Because <laughs> they But they were just passionate about it and it was just like okay, we don't have to hide this. Okay, this thing that I, I guess, thought was nerdy was actually cool. Mm -hmm. And they were cool people. So yeah, the first ever people I met on this app was in New York.
0: I just want to say that being nerdy and cool. They're not mutually exclusive and you can be both. Right. (laughs) Right. But um, I mean, that act of social justice, which was filming the riots or Mm. documenting it, Mm. that became your style in a way? Or did you draw more from the architecture?
1: I don't know, man. I need to start archiving stuff on my social media. (laughs) The truth was, when I started... Everybody was taking like leading lines photos, yeah. like that was just a thing in London. Yes. And I don't know if that's how it started because I was in New York first, so I did have people in my shots. But mm. came to London, everyone It was like the tube or the whatever it was, mm. and it was empty. I can't remember who, because I would never like show people my work. Right. But I don't know if it was my mum or a friend was like, oh yeah, look at her work. To somebody, and I still don't even remember who that somebody was. Right. It was a guy that was on the street, but I clearly someone's friend and he saw my images and he goes oh it's it's all leading lines
0: Uh, (laughs) and it was just
1: that one word where he went oh it's all no he goes oh finishing points and leading
0: lines
1: (laughs) and I remember up until that point I kind of thought this is a little bit good
0: Yeah, and then I
1: looked at it again and went Oh, this is <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> no, not
0: rubbish, but you know what? Sometimes it takes one person who's not in the game and doesn't know about compliments and insults to just look at your great. pictures and say something. It and it just it blows your mind. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And they don't mean to. This is just their...
1: It was like I opinion. opened my eyes for the first time again and was like, because that app just was like its own, what do they call it, echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I opened my eyes and was like, wow.
0: I've just been doing vanishing points like everyone else. Vanishing points, Clean, that's it. white and black. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. buildings that somebody else built and I'm just taking pictures yeah, of.
1: Yeah, so it definitely was architecture motivated to start off.
0: Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> so, but you
0: start, no, the very start was this yeah. documentation of the streets. Yeah, it probably And probably the mo- one of the most important events in London in the yeah. last... Twenty years on the streets mm. of London.
1: Wait, so can I go back and and say because okay. I feel like there's a nice story. It involves you. Okay, so me about how like I met Vivian. Okay, because yes, she yes. kind of introduced me to that whole world of Instagram, right? right? Okay. So I was in like uni, as I said, and I would and I would be like, oh, I'm working on a Saturday on this project, deadline's <laughs> coming. Oh, I haven't slept in five years. <laughs> Hashtag architecture oh, student. Vivian, who goes by.
0: V double.
1: She is a practicing architect. She was working for like an amazing firm yeah. at the time. She like must have saw me tag that. It's back in the day. Yeah. Followed, and even then, to me, like she was a big deal. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh! And she must have wrote this encouraging message. And she said like, hang in there. I, I know the struggle, but it will be worth it, or something like that. And then she followed me. And then fast forward now, I'm in New York for a month. I saw on your post, because I had been following you, you said, oh, my friend Vivian Vivian is is coming to New York. York. Is it anywhere? Right. And I was just like, oh, Vivian. Like, I don't know if DM was a thing then. It might have been. Maybe, Uh, maybe, or a comment. Maybe I left a comment. And I wrote, I'm in New York. It'd be good to meet up, whatever. And she did. And she, like, introduced me. I think the first, we met on the Brooklyn Bridge. It was two of her friends. To be honest, when I told my friends, I'm going to meet a person off the internet (laughs) that I didn't know, In the middle of winter. And it was like minus 10 on the Brooklyn Bridge. And I don't know where we're going next. (laughs) They were like, you're crazy. Do not do it. And I met her and she introduced me to so many cool people in New York. Yeah. People are just so nice. They just yeah. was was like, You're still here? Let me show you around. Let me and it was that whole thing was like, she gave me community when I didn't have one right, right, in right, photography, right. right? Yeah. So by the time I came back to London, and I think my phone had maybe like times two, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um I was like, I wonder if this exists in London. Right. I mean I was following him at the time, Ecole Photo, yeah. and his friend Rich was like, I'm doing this me come. Okay. And I didn't even know on that day till years later that that was worldwide Insta meet. But he had a smaller group and they all ended up being really good friends. Mm. And then I got to meet you, J&T Jess. Yeah. I got to meet Jesso. It was just the funniest story because I'm telling essentially your wife yeah. about how I met this girl called Vivian <laughs> and how, yeah, it's this guy called Ed who told me that she was coming over And and she goes, oh yeah, that's my husband. (laughs) And I'm like, the world is so small.
0: Yeah, yeah, did make the world a lot smaller. All right, fast
1: forward to us being in Hong Kong now
0: on a podcast.
1: (laughs) On a podcast. Friends. (laughs) Friends. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's, that's
0: that. You still haven't got to the part where you became this Don Street photographer. Uh, <laughs> so um, you're still in the architecture game. You came back, you went to New York.
1: So when did it start? Um, I left university. Yeah, I went back to London. Yeah. I left university just not as strong as I thought I would like. I think I went in such a confident person and Mm. came out very doubtful of myself. Mm. I think that experience and just how things went just Mm. wasn't for me. It was just kind of like an unfortunate experience. I don't know. I mean, I spoke about it now, so my mum might have heard. But I remember going, oh yeah, I'm going to look for an architecture job, whatever. (laughs) But I kind of had one already set up before I had finished, right? Oh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I just remember going... I don't know I don't. if I can do that. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll work on my half-finished portfolio. I'll pretend to apply to some basic, but I didn't. I just went out with my iPhone every day to and took pictures. To and yeah. I met a few guys who are my age who ended up being like brothers. And we just went out. Every day for a whole summer, mm. honestly, I saw more of London than I've ever seen in my life. In fact, we saw parts of England. We would just get on a train for hours somewhere because we <laughs> heard about some abandoned building yeah, yeah. and get chased by like wild horses. But it was just exciting. And they started using cameras. I was probably the last one to pick up a camera. I was kind of adamant I wasn't going to. Mm. Um, and I just remember. Um, One of my friends just saying to me, like, you know what? You can be a photographer, you know? If you do it, you'll be really good. And at the time, I didn't even have a camera. But all you need is that one person to, like, believe in you and to speak the things that you know you kind of felt,
0: but you wasn't
1: bold enough to say it.
0: Yeah, I really believe that. Hopefully someone with some knowledge of the the situation, right? But you just need one person to just push you in that right direction with some belief.
1: And, And my friends meant it because when... I had my first jobs. We were sharing equipment. They would give me their cameras so yeah. I could go shoot that job. And I think the catalyst was, I mean, people do say Instagram, which is true, but the catalyst was always being around people that were better than me. I like stand by Sometimes I say this in talks is um, some people get intimidated when they feel like the least qualified, but I kind of always thrive when I'm the worst one in the room because it means I get to be the sponge. I get to ask all the questions Mm -hmm. and you go in one way, but you come out the other, right? Right, Like I can go in the least knowledgeable, but I get to be the sponge and just like learn from everyone and learn faster than if I'm in isolation, mm. and I think that has been my story, yeah.
0: But is it still your story? Are you still, you're not, the worst person? I, don't, one think, in I the room. don't think you're the worst person <laughs> in the room, so how, how does that work? That only works up to a point, right?
1: Yeah, it's true, but you know, what? I'm always gaining new skills, so like, film, yes. I, I've been making videos now, and I just haven't been afraid of putting myself in that situation, mm-hmm. and just doing stuff. I remember when I was first, like, wanting to do portraits, because... Right. Portraits was never my strong suit. And I just remember not being good at it. So I was like, I'm going to tackle this head on. Yeah. I'm going to do the thing that I'm not good at. And now the stuff I like to photograph the most is people and yep. portraits.
0: So what do you think now about the state of street photography in London? Do you feel like there was a summer where you just shot London? Do you feel like that started a trend?
1: I don't know. I feel like if I say we started a trend, No, that's no, no. Like no. Sorry, it's a very leading question.
0: But do you feel like there are a lot more people doing what you did then? Is that a better way of putting it?
1: yeah um i don't know it's a hard one because i feel like stuff is always changing if i'm asking were we the first people to do street photography in london no there's no. been um, one of my favorite photographers is matt stewart mm. who has been photographing london for many years mm-hmm. beautiful work and um, the
0: scale of the app that you the, were using yeah. gave you an audience yeah that pre-Instagram would not have been seen.
1: Right. There was a time when I remember me and my closest friends is E. Cole Photo, Emmanuel Cole, Harmafi, who just wants to go by the name of <laughs> He's the Don, he can do that. And in Vincent chapters and in The Truth was was like, I remember there was a time when we were the youngest people that. Mm. It didn't even feel like there was people younger than us. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going on and it's <laughs> like, man, these kids are 14 <laughs> yeah. and are 16. Yeah. yeah, we were in the many ways, the faces that people were looking at and mm-hmm. looking to, and especially people that were younger, because we were doing something that wasn't the same as other people. And we were taking risks and especially Vincent Chapters, like the first of us to really be hitting street photography before we even knew what street photography was, right? right? And I think a lot of people was inspired by that. I remember when sometimes we'd go to Chinatown and we would photograph and then we saw like a whole heap of younger kids with cameras go to Chinatown and it turned into something that we didn't know it was turned into because when it's one or two people going to Chinatown, Maybe once, twice a month, or right. whatever it is. Yeah. But when it becomes this incessant is- bombardment of Chinatown, <laughs> and our Chinatown is not the size of New York so, or San Francisco, to, it's not, it's right? The top of the streets. When we were seeing the images, it kind of like touched a nerve because it felt not just invasive, but it felt as if there was a group of people who were almost being dehumanised in a camera and who were being harassed. And I remember, I think at the time, Hamafi had said something on someone's photograph who now, in hindsight, he got it. Mm. But at the time, there was a set of young kids who were just like, we're allowed to photograph whatever we want. And the truth is you can. Mm. But I think it made us realise, okay, there's an influence outside of here that maybe we didn't realise that we had, you know?
0: Not to say you made that happen, but you might start to think, what I do next influences somebody To yeah, do
1: something very yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And remember that's only within a really small group of London mm-hmm. because there's so much other stuff than that. The stuff that I'm like so happy that I see people owning their own stories. Mm taken up their own agency to tell their own stories like I know a guy called Zaha who photographs the Sunday Football League because that's what he's passionate about and he right. loves football yeah. and it's amazing seeing this kid where he's been taking pictures since he was like 13, 14 and as his pictures are growing and his skills growing there's been so many positives to it Yeah, um, maybe i should have led with a negative no, but, um, no,
0: no totally I knew we'd get to so many more positives yeah, and yeah. I would say that one of them people telling their stories mm. so one thing I wanted to talk to you about today was your story story as in Mm. not you as a person but as like representing a black woman from London telling your story tell me how that has been in terms of how people have accepted you I know it's quite a deep and wide-ranging question you mentioned how like it or not you are a representative sometimes and Mm. and you're you know you're going to be the figurehead for that thing yeah
1: well the first thing to say is like hi I'm a black woman but like (laughs) I remember on social media where the misconception was that I was a white man from New York. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Wait, why why was that? Why did that happen? Because <laughs> so I
1: remember well my whole journey started in New York All and right. then people were like, oh she's in London he's in London now. <laughs> man. So I didn't post pictures of myself, but didn't matter what my name was on there, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a white man. So that that was a thing. I, I posted about it a little while back, but um every now and again I have to like post little pictures to be like, hi, <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> because I, I remember being invited to an event. The person who said it wasn't the person who invited me, right? But he was one of the organizers and was like, Oh, I didn't realize you you was a woman. And I said, Holly? Yeah, and he goes, Oh, I, n- I never read that. I just read at H underscore KO. And I was like, oh, but I posted a picture of myself a little while ago. And he goes, oh, I thought that was the photographer's girlfriend. I did- <laughs> didn't expect it to be.
0: <laughs> In a way, he was jumping through mental hoops to not, to it for it not to be a woman. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so I was like, oh, we're still, we're dealing with this. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I laugh about it. It's funny. I think one of the biggest examples of being a black woman and representing kind of like, everybody was me going to India. I went to India, what, maybe two, three years ago now? And I was there for a month. Half of that month was by myself and then my best friend joined me out there. And I remember just going, oh man, I don't know if... You should have come. Like, it's been kind of (laughs) hard. I didn't do glamorous India. I did India on a budget and I was traveling and I was kind of like sorting out my itinerary as you go, you know? Just like really immersing myself in there. And to be honest, is there was parts that was like beautiful and fine but I remember being with an organization out there for the first 10 days in Mumbai and it was an organization that I had known about and supported for a long time for quite a few years so it was cool to just be able to go out there and meet them face to face not just through the interweb. They work from like five of the poorest slums in Mumbai. They're called Vision Rescue and what I love about them is they're an organization run by people from Mumbai, serving people from Mumbai and I just love that because Because at the end of the day, if foreign aid comes in, and this is what I learned from them especially, they're not going to understand the intricacies Mm. to do with Mm. how many different cultures exist in India. Every slum had its own cultures. One slum was predominantly Muslim, Mm. another slum was Hindu. Mm. And it was just like the different issues that each community had. And just even like entering a house and the different things that you would do or who you would speak to. And that is why they were there. And that is why it's so good. And it's still a organization that I love. But there were small things from like kids seeing me and I... Black girl with an Afro. And the truth was, up until that point, I'd grown up in East London, moved to North London. I was with Bangladeshis, Indian people, Pakistanis. But my idea of Indians were brown, but I didn't know until I went to India that majority of Indian people are darker than me. Right. So that was like a whole thing going, oh, okay, I just didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah. Because I'm seeing you know, that the caste system exists yes, there. Yeah. And I'm seeing one caste, mm-hmm. you know, I'm seeing that yep, the immigrated there. Yeah, so yep, I'm time. not seeing people who are lower on the caste list that make up a huge majority of India. That was the first thing. And then going in there, and you're, I'm seeing people who are than me, but they know. I'm black, right? right? And I'm a girl with an afro and that's not a norm. Yeah. And like kids crying when they would see me because maybe they thought I was a witch or... <laughs> yeah. Other places where it was a lot more, you just had moments where people just didn't respect you, you know? Yeah. And especially like men. And it's not to say like it was everybody because I'd hate to paint everybody with that brush. Mm. I met incredibly kind people in India who showed us round or shared meals with us in China. It was like extremes, it was like at parts, the most hospitable place I've been to. Yeah. And at parts, like the way that they treat women sometimes mm. was really troublesome. Here's the truth of it. Maybe you are a, a white woman who's been to India, but traveling as a black woman is just something that is so vastly different. Right. India was colonized by English people. Yep. So they used to white people in their land. In yep. fact, white yep. people often get treated better, yep. right? But they are not used to black people right. in the same way. So the same privilege that a white woman would have being able to travel India by herself, Yeah. I'm not experiencing that. Right. And in some places, man, like, it just got insane mm, yeah mm, mm. you know yeah you had people like try and drag me into a car <laughs> yeah. a guy in a hotel like make moves like yeah. in my hotel it was just mad the owner
0: of the hotel the
1: owner of the mm. hotel yeah exactly so and even though I say all of that and this is the flip side of it it's still one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to I think it was one of the most favorite places that trip Stretched me and pushed me like no other trip. I remember day one where we're staying within 20 minutes. Five people come up to me and was like, don't walk here at night. Wow. I was staying at tourist accommodations. I was like, I was like, well, I can't go home, so I've just got (laughs) to deal with this. But because I had something that stretched me so far out of my comfort zone, Mm. now it's like everything else in comparison, everything else I've experienced, I've been more prepared for. A lot less things ruffle me. Because I've done the most extreme things very early on, right? Okay, yeah. And maybe people have had like nothing but great experiences and it's been safe for you. It just wasn't safe for me. But I have been dying to go back to India. Like right. I stayed in a far desert one night where we slept under the stars, you know. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you've got desert, you've got mountain regions, you've got like the city. I love Mumbai. I'm addicted to chaos. <laughs> and no matter what time of the night or morning.
0: The <laughs> so chaotic.
1: And it's just brilliant, though. You can stand on one street corner and be just entertained, yeah, you know? Yeah, But then, you know, I've been to Kenya as well, like yes, you said. Yes,
0: yes. And how um, was that experience? That yeah. was re- that was relatively recently. That was recently.
1: I mean, what was the project? So originally, it was to film a set of videos for a company called okay. Ubuntu Made.
0: Okay, and then it, I just want to scroll back even further. We'll come back to this point, but yeah. I want to talk about how you've just taken it upon yourself to just take on videography as well. (laughs) Like like out of nowhere and very publicly kind of like just say, say, hello everyone, I'm going to do videos from now on. And so, like it or leave it. And then you just put out some videos and they're really they're just high quality immediately.
1: right.
0: Oh, <laughs> just like, hang on a minute. It shouldn't be that easy.
1: Whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know how I got into video? First video I ever made was from my first trip to Hong Kong. Oh. I was taking short little video clips. You were, yeah. And i have been taking video clips for maybe a year previous. And I remember a friend going, you'll never get better Unless you actually edit something, because yes. you don't know like cool. what you're taking. Yeah. And she was completely right. Mm. So I was filming with your wife, Jesso, mm-hmm. and we were taking little video clips. And I took my video clips, and I remember my mum's always like, be a starter, finisher, Holly. Start something, exactly. finish, finish it. it. Uh, solid because advice. Because I start a lot of projects. Yeah. And because of my perfectionist gene, if it's not as good as I think I can make it, I don't Just finish leave it. it. Yeah, she's always like, be a starter finisher, be a starter finisher. So I was like, all right, I've heard enough. I'm <laughs> gonna do something. I'm gonna finish it. Yeah. So I was filming little video clips, and I was like, all right. This plane ride is long on the way home. It's like 13, 14 hours. Mm. I'm going to put together a little video. I think my laptop recently had been like factory reset. So I think only like 15 songs on iTunes. It's like, don't care. No excuses. Yeah. So I picked a song, which I actually got permission from later on, by the way. guys, I did. I actually did. Uh, Me and the producer, I like friends now. (laughs) Leave me alone. Nice. I edited an iMovie, put together a little video, went well. Then I think the following month, I was in Venice mm. with friends, had a little point and shoot on me, yeah. wasn't being too serious. And then I put together a little video. Yeah. And then companies... This is just yeah. like the same
0: as photography. Like Within, would you say, months of making your first video, suddenly you were yeah. being paid commercially yeah, for video work. videos.
1: And people were calling Crazy. me a filmmaker. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> Hey. What a world. So it became a baptismal fire. Mm-hmm. I weren't going to set them straight. I was just like,
0: <laughs> okay, okay, let's do this.
1: Download Premiere Pro. <laughs> <laughs> After the first big job, I was like, how do you import content? <laughs> so yeah, that was the beginning. It was a baptism of fire, but the whole point is I'm a strong believer about not living in your comfort zone. And I remember my art teacher just going, my job, this year is to make you uncomfortable because when you're uncomfortable, you learn 70% more mm. than when you're in your comfort zone. Mm. And I'm here to keep you in a state of uncomfortable. Mm. I remember he said that, <sighs> and that stuck with me, and that's true. And I think I've just learned a lot of things because. Mm. I've been uncomfortable and I've yeah. had to just learn it because yeah. see, the single swim. I'm always like, well, God doesn't set me up for failure, so it has to be good. And that was that, really.
0: Mm-hmm. You were hired to do this job in Kenya.
1: Make certain films for this company. Eventually, it ended up including photography. Mm. But they kind of said to me, well, you know what? we are just done a Kickstarter for these shoes. They're espadrilles, but they're made in Africa, so we're calling them Afro Drills, okay. nice name. Okay, you yeah. can go buy them. <laughs> the people that had backed the top or whatever, we're putting them on a 10-day tour of Kenya. Do okay. you want to come? Right. So I kind of dropped everything was okay. like, yeah, come. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, which was good because it meant I got more b-roll and then it also meant that part of it was filming Maasai because all they're beading because they're in Kenya mm. is beaded by the Maasai who if people don't know are like master beaders they wear very elaborate jewelry that is like a representation of the earth their culture so yeah. many different things it was just good because that 10 days also meant Part of it, we were staying with the Maasai on their land in Gong. I got to build more of a relationship before Mm -hmm. the filming started, which I like really appreciate now. Going to Kenya, it was different because that was only my second time ever going to a black nation. Before right. that, I went to Lagos, Nigeria. It was different because I was going with essentially a fairly big group of Americans who were white. So it wasn't like I was going to fit in. But it also, Kenyans knew that I wasn't Kenyan. Of course. And I've always kind of had this othered thing, right? Yes. Of not, of kind of yes. like sticking out.
0: But yeah. like <laughs> when I'm in Ghana, anybody can see i am not gone in So Right, but right. obviously a daily occurrence in London can be like, where are you from? (laughs) You know, so yeah, you're definitely an other.
1: So it it was still beautiful. And it's like amazing going to a black nation where everything default is black because I come from England. Yeah. So that's just not my norm. I think that was what I loved about Hong Kong though. What? was that like the default wasn't white. It was just so bizarre for me. It was just like wow look at the billboards. Look at the yeah. like just you know what I mean? Yeah. Just not yeah. seeing yeah. It's that. It's a for subtle the first thing,
0: time. but it takes time to you picked but, it up pretty quickly. But, but no yeah, no it but, but it was like
1: really oh. impactful too. It was like yeah. wow you know yeah just because that has always been the our norm. norms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah going to Kenya amazing. In fact, it's like one of my favorite places now. You had arts originally, me carrying my blackness as a black woman, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And um, you would just see subtle things. I don't know how people greet you. They would like want to know about you because right. Right. essentially I'm the tourist Yes. Yeah going to some places where they've not seen, and this I'm not saying Nairobi, but like we were traveling, right? Yeah. And we're going to places where they've not seen Western black people. I remember yes. we were being introduced to young people and kids mm. and we one by one had to say where we were from. Yeah. And I said, England, London, and everybody laughed. <laughs> and they like thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so, like like
0: you made a joke.
1: <laughs> I'm not from London it's not what it's not what London is it's not what England looks like so then I was like I'm from Jamaica you know and they were like Okay, uh, okay. That, that's acceptable. <laughs> so it was so again, all of that. Putting their stereotypes <laughs>
0: on you. They're like, I want to hear what I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah, try yes. and give me any new it information. was just <laughs>
1: hilarious. And uh, to give reference, like, yes, I'm from mixed Jamaican descent, but I've never been to Jamaica. My mum for the first time went to Jamaica this year. Wow. And they're both parents have never been to Jamaica. Um <laughs>
0: But still, you were in this place where the only acceptable answer for them was
1: you from Jamaica, Jamaica. <laughs> yeah 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 so I just remember like meeting the Maasai tribe that that company works with and having a really worldly experience wow. where I just connected with one of the women when was being greeted and I just have a big thing when you're meeting someone especially like that mm-hmm. I can't come in with my camera like cameras yeah. in a car yeah I'm just coming to meet you the Maasai often greet you in song and uh, are, dance
0: are they, Um, do they get a lot of this like the tour groups come into I'm
1: sure there are tour because I
0: was gonna say groups it was, where
1: like Maasai come and but this tribe yeah. was like really far out, oh, okay. and there is like no road signs. Like you have to know where you're going by. When I say where we was driving, just, I don't understand how people would have found.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Where the place was, <laughs> it baffled me. <laughs> because it literally no road signs nothing it's not
0: a tourism thing so it's really leave your camera in the car
1: well i mean it's not to say you can but i'm just like i just want to experience you yeah. greeting me and yeah. um, and it's about that thing about like humanize you know like yes. You're not just a picture, you're yeah, a person. Yeah, yeah. It was just very beautiful. And pretty early on I saw like one of the elder ladies and she turned out to be one of the elders of the tribe. She kept looking at me, I was looking at her, and I was just like, you know, you go over, you like greet each other and we're greeting everybody. And then by the end of the first night there was a translator and I was like, We had just kind of been hanging next to each other and she yeah. doesn't speak English. Yeah. I just said like, You're my favourite. Huh. And I and, and you I just kind of translated said, to her. I kinda just said like really more flippantly, but I said, like, you're my mom, or something like that. <laughs> and she, to her, the woman said, you've given her great honor. Wow. And then that was it. It wasn't flippant to her. She was just like, yeah. And next thing, there was a massive campfire. The tribe was there and she just was like, I've got nine children, but today God has blessed me with the 10th. Wow.
0: (laughs) And
1: and everybody was greeting me and I met the siblings and (laughs) I was given a Maasai name from one of my brothers. Wow. And uh, it was just very out of body experience. And uh, during that whole time there, man, you just kind of like spectating to you actually being made to feel so... I mean, they are so welcoming. They were teaching me the songs and the dances and what Julie meant. Yeah, it was just something so beautiful. So even the following week, after 10 days, when I went back to like film and then we did the filming and now you know people by name, you know? Yeah. And you know like people's quirks and who's shy and who's... And it becomes so much deeper than, oh, this is just a job.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so good that you left your camera that first time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that You can go from, if I just take you back to the Tottenham High Road, right? So you're in the right, right place at the wrong time with a camera. And then what you did that day has pushed you to this point
1: where Mm.
0: at the right place, at the right time, you left your camera to do the right thing. Yeah. And
1: I know that's really fortunate. Some people have really tight schedules and they're not afforded that.
0: Time before the shoot.
1: Right. And also this organization, they are family. They Mm. really are. Mm. I've already made a promise. I'm going back. And Your your new mum's there. My mum's there. (laughs) It's just crazy to think that like photography has opened the doors for me to see the world, but for me to like really experience other cultures to appreciate so much more and to see so much more of the world than where I came from Absolutely. like that just blows my mind yeah it's also made me aware of me as a black woman and mm-hmm. the fact that like you said I'm not people's norms mm-hmm. and even there like they knew I wasn't their norm but they yeah. were like well we were willing to welcome you yes in.
0: yes that honestly powerful. right now in the world I think that's a story that's not really being told very often Like mm-hmm. different cultures meeting, being willing to welcome each other. Mm. It's kind of, we're living in a time where the news is about division, Mm. right? So I think it's pretty And I think
1: for the organisation too, for them, like, they definitely saw how different it was when they brought a black person, yeah. a photographer in, yeah. because how different it was for the women that they had who aren't just massages, they hire Kenyans to see a Western black woman. Yeah. It just flipped the switch. It was just so different.
0: I love it. It's something that's quite unique to your experience. that I, I wouldn't know many people that would have been able to do that, knowing that there might be some negatives and there might be some people that don't see you as... You're British other, basically. You're just other. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. I love that. I feel we yeah, am yeah. start using that more but often. it is true. You're, you're an and other you,
1: in England. And, and you're an other abroad. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. It's, if, it's, even if
1: I do go to Jamaica tomorrow... You're an other. I will be called... I'm, England or London. That's yeah. what they'll call me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just like where is my place? And then obviously I said I'm from mixed descent. Yes. Like I'm definitely a black woman by skin. It's just I've, so interesting how you're other no matter where you go. Yeah, you know?
0: I just find myself saying I'm a Londoner. Like, yeah, a I say it all the time cuz that is just me. If you want some detailed breakdown, then yeah, fine, I'll give it to you. But um what I feel like answering when I get that question is and I'm sure it's I'm the same Londoner. for you. I'm a Londoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have been to London, I think that's enough for most people. Yeah. If you've been to London, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But the only people that might ask for more is are people that have not visited London or have some stereotype view of a white man with an umbrella and a bowler hat. Yeah, 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 yeah So, exactly. yeah, that that's kind of where I stand with that. Although you would see yourself as a minority in London, you don't know minority as a black person until you leave London yeah, to go somewhere. Else. So, you know, what you think you knew has turned on its head for me in Asia. People have said to me a lot of the time, like, wow, that's really amazing that you... Don't react to that, or you know, you don't, you didn't notice what happened there, or you know, if someone's just looking for a bit long mm. or whatever. But you just get used to it and get on with it, mm. yeah. And hopefully, again, be that representative where somebody welcomes you in, and then you're the story for the ages of mm. the, the black person they met. Yeah, <laughs> you. Know, like, you, you become hopefully, the monolith. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you're the, the Maasai are talking about you, you know, as this person said they were from England. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she was from Jamaica. <laughs> Either way, she's my daughter now. <laughs> amazing
1: oh man
0: (laughs) so you've been telling your stories sounds like some amazing stories in India Kenya I know you've got a ton more that we haven't gone into what's next for you
1: what is next Um, honestly after this trip in Asia I came back from Seoul now in Hong Kong I'm going back to like finish off some work and some deadlines that are due Mm -hmm. and then just planning on some like bigger projects that I want to do that involve friends actually Mm -hmm. it kind of I think the more I've got into this, I was documenting London for a while and London's still home. I still love it, but I do a lot more travel mm-hmm. and I'm always interested in how I'm described because depending on what talk or what event you get described differently. That sometimes yep. I'm the portrait photographer. Yes. Sometimes I'm the filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm called, what was it the other day? They said, they said the The power blog, I was like, (laughs) power blog, okay. I don't have a blog, but (laughs) (laughs) But, um, what I do is I do a lot of travel, but Mm -hmm. my travel photography is always from a people perspective. Without kind of intentionally... I want to show like what travel photography is for me and it is from a people's perspective but it's like can I go to different countries and like engage with different cultures and take portraits and it doesn't have to be just landscapes and beautiful views, right? That's what my uh, travel photography looks like and it's just kind of like honing that in. Making that like my message is yeah. that it's always from the human interactions. I think yeah. someone in the DM said, you always have some type of auntie, no matter what world, <laughs> no matter what country, country you're, you're in, in, dressing you. <laughs> and it's true, I went to Morocco it's true. and the lady's going, no, you got to wear this clothes. Come here, meet <laughs> us. Came from Seoul, I was being dressed in their hammock. Yes. I just think I'm really fortunate where I get to do what I love and yep. it's not always blissful. It's, it's Sometimes it is stressful, but essentially like... I'm seeing the world and I'm seeing worlds that are so different to mine and I just get to experience it and get to share that story and I just want to get better at telling more authentic stories.
0: Meaning it and working out how yeah. to do it. Is, how do you is, do
1: it and yeah. how do you like align yourself with friends that kind of like fit you? You know, Honestly,
0: I think what you're doing is pretty authentic already. I don't, yes. I can't imagine like getting more authentic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that means a lot but I guess like you know photography is a way to communicate and I just want to get better at communicating much like a writer gets better at writing
0: that's a, that's a pretty good place to wrap up cool. I reckon. thanks for coming in Holly <laughs> Holly Marie in. tune in and if you have any comments or feedback please message me on Instagram and if you like this podcast we ask you do one thing and one thing only please share it with a friend or wherever you can Let's get into it.